Trace. Dos. Uno. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Zach thinking Babe Ruth was a black man. <laughs> it's an honest mistake. <laughs> Purple in the morning. Blue in the afternoon. Orange in the evening. There's my three meals, Mr. Smarty Pants. And green at night. Just like that. One, two, three, four. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that doesn't do heroin. I'm Frank. I'm Zach. I do heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The only half of the podcast that doesn't do heroin. Uh, In today's episode, we are doing Darren Aronofsky's 2000 film, Requiem for a Dream. Fucking uh, oh, fuck. <laughs> this is a heavy movie. Yeah, this, this is movie, a this very... I think this movie's heavier than the wrestler. I know. Um, I I definitely agree with you there. Yeah, and it's crazy too because you see like how Arnowski did this years prior to the wrestler. Yeah, and years prior to Mother and Black Swan. Yeah, and like still had his own technique. Oh to my it. god! And it's really awesome to see like the the progression of his filmmaking mm-hmm. like similar to like Tarantino where we, from Reservoir Dogs to you know Once Upon a Time in Hollywood it's like you just you can just every film you can just see the progression of filmmaking and Arnofsky is very similar in that aspect of you go in and you're like all right Requiem for a Dream I think this was like his second feature mm-hmm. and like you just see like from you know from this film all the way up to Mother like the progression of the camera work and and the way that he edits and and just it just so I just love watching the progression of filmmaking so much like I really really do it's just one of my favorite things is to is to see a filmmaker go from you know kind of like a brick and mortar like hey, you know bootstraps like mm-hmm. I I'm just I just want to make a movie whatever it is here's my here's my really small budget yeah. to then progressing into like you know million 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 dollar budgets and really just diving more into like more unique stories and it's just it's one of my favorite things ever what came out first black swan or mother uh black swan really yeah okay because yeah. black swan is fantastic yeah black swan's really good too um all right zach give us the rundown of who's in the film all right guys so requiem for a dream came out in 2000 that's it 2000 yep uh, <laughs> i always assume that like there's a different time frame. and uh nothing <laughs> that's it yep. uh directed by darren arnofsky you have Jennifer Connelly, who plays Marion. Yep. You have Jared Leto, of all people in this. The, this is like one of the only films that I don't hate him in. Right? Like, I was thinking that while I was watching it. Yeah. I was like, I, I want to like you in films, and this is where I like you. Yeah. <laughs> so he plays Harry. Playing his mother, you have Elaine Burstein, who plays Sarah. Yep. You have Marlon Wayans in this, who yeah. plays Tyrone. Yeah. You have, again from last week, Mark Magolis, who plays Mr. Robin Notes. Yep. Who is, I guess, just a... Just a guy. He's just in there. Yeah. Just throw him in. He's a cool guy. And then just to throw him in, too, you got Keith David. I knew you, were gonna, I knew you had to put him in. I had to. But he's right? actually a really important character. He, towards the end, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, he plays Big Tim. Yeah. And I love Keith David. But you don't like him in this oh, movie. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. He, is. he makes you real uncomfortable, uh, doesn't he? I didn't just take it out so it can get air. <laughs> It's like, baby, I know it's pretty, but I didn't just take it out to give it air. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh. God. And oh. then, yo, every time he calls her Maid Marion, oh, it's just, like, mm. so creepy. And, like, the, the way, way I, that, like, he he smiles. Oh, her, it's just, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Frank, tell us what this movie is about. I'm uh, sure no one knows. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it's kind of a tough plot, but in at its core, 
it's pretty much following four people with a drug addiction to heroin. Three of them a drug addiction to heroin. One of them kind of like methamphetamines. Yeah, it's diet um, pills, yeah. but it's definitely not diet pills. Yeah, and it's just kind of watching a, a spiraling out of control of, of these people and over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just watch all of their lives pretty much just turn into fucking disasters. Yeah. And, I mean, the ending of this film. Is, 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 rough. is rough, but I do find it extremely satisfying. Yeah. Like it's it's a movie where like you get to that end point and I do feel like gratified, like it was all worth it. I you know what I mean? You don't I, I definitely don't. <laughs> I don't know, I do. I, I, I see where you're coming from with it, but yeah. like I But it's just, it's just fucking heavy. It is, and I think here's what I think. I think the ending is sad and disturbing but I think it fits perfectly for this film. Right. And maybe in some aspect where you think it's satisfying, I think it's a satisfying ending for how dark yeah, the film and, is. Yeah, and that's what it. I mean. Yeah, yeah. I well, don't you mean, didn't say it well, like that. <laughs> sorry. I'm so happy that all <laughs> no, of them are no, fucked no, up. No, no, no. I, I don't mean happy, but I just mean like it, it is, it's a satisfying ending, but it's very dark. Yes. And it's just very heavy. Yeah. Um. So your first time seeing it? First time fully, fully watching it. What'd you think? Oh, man, it's rough. Did you like it, though? I did like it. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's a lot to love about, like, how Arnofsky directed this. Dude, this movie is directed so it. well. The way I that, love the editing in this movie so much. The way that he did it for, like, the split screens yeah. for half of it. Yeah. And, like, how he did it for what they're thinking in their mind sometimes. Like, with Marion, like, stabbing the fork on the one guy's hand or... When you have Harry and Tyrone sitting at the booth and they decide to take the gun out of the cop's right. holster and like play catch with it. Yeah. And it's all just like in his head. Yeah. I think that's done perfectly. I think the fisheye lens use mm-hmm. is done really well, especially too when it's showcasing like how they're high yeah. and what their mindset is. And like even so, some of the shots where it's like, Tyrone or somebody walk like Sarah walking down the street and everybody's moving faster than yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. I think it fully showcases like how they are on the drugs. Yeah. The and editing the, feels like you're on drugs. The drugs with them. <laughs> yeah. Like it it it's it's edited so that it's so good that you you really understand like how it makes them feel like you you when they when they inject it like you can almost kind of feel like that euphoria that they mm-hmm. get from it but then also you feel like the chaos that it also brings too and i loved that like how they how arnofsky shot it where it's like the the quick shots of like the drug being heated up and then shot in and then yeah. You see, like, the molecules, and you see the eyes, Pupils, like, yeah. yeah, the dilation yeah. of it. It's like, wow, this is awesome. And you can see that in pop culture yep. for years and years and years afterwards. Yeah. And it's just so well done. Yeah. But, man, there's a lot of drugs in this film. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of fucking shit that happens Yeah, man. It. I mean, again, like, and the characters in this movie... Mm-hmm. They all have their own like thing going on, and, yeah. I, and they're all like pretty like well flushed out, and like you, I, in my opinion, like you feel for everyone in this movie. Like, Absolutely, there's no, there's there's four central characters, and in my opinion, not really any of them feel like left behind. Mm-hmm. Or, like I guess maybe Wayans a little bit, maybe he's like the one that you Tyrone. Yeah, like I guess like you kind of just feel like maybe him. He isn't as, but like his story, in my opinion, is almost the saddest. Yeah, well, he has, like, the whole thing of, like, his mother. Yeah. And 
I, I feel like they didn't flush that out just enough. Just enough. Because you got two scenes of it. Yeah. To really, like, showcase it. So his whole thing is, like, all right, so I guess we need to, like, go back a little bit, yeah. right? So, like, you have, we, there's, all right, so let, let, let's go. All right, so you have Harry, who's Jared Leto. Harry and his girlfriend, Marion, Marion want to start, like, a clothing store business thing. And the way that they're, like, trying to basically, like, raise enough money is Harry and Tyrone are going out and selling heroin. They're basically, like, buying it and then flipping it. So yeah. they're buying it for a certain price and then selling it out to the, dr- the you know, the people who are addicted to drugs um, in smaller package, whatever, in smaller little things. And then they would receive more money. And that's, like, their whole scheme. And the whole thing is, like, Tyrone, Tyrone. doesn't want to like be doing this shit anymore. Like he just like his whole thing is like he wants to, you know, he he told his mom when he was a kid like he was going to make it one day basically, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 he doesn't want to be doing this like this drug dealing anymore. Like he doesn't want to be like living in the streets and, and that's just like not for him. You have um, Harry and Marion who wanted like start up a clothing brand. So then they also have like big goals, right? And then you have Sarah. Yeah. who ultimately is a widowed a widowed woman who doesn't really have anybody in her life anymore and is just kind of stuck on this this fantasy of of her, her watching this this like infomercial yeah, and, and getting is there nothing else on it's not that there's nothing else on she's just obsessed with it mm-hmm. it's just like one of those things where it's like like you go into look like it's similar to almost like a Jerry Springer type deal like yeah. like people who like watch Jerry Springer there's some people who can like turn it on and be like, like, like to watch it because it's just so ridiculous and so stupid. Mm-hmm. But then there's other people who like, and I've met these people who are like genuinely invested in this Jerry Springer like lifestyle, and 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 they just think that it's like so real and so over the top, and but and, like it's so unrealistic that you can't be like this is believable. Well, yeah. But there's people who genuinely believe that these stories are real, and that's and, why like she she takes it so far, right? And you know what, man? Like Sarah's story, maybe I, maybe hers is the saddest. I don't know. I think, They're all just so sad. So I think <laughs> hers at points is the most compelling. Yeah, because of like how her mind is deteriorating. Yeah. However, I also find it the most comical. Mm-hmm. Especially too with the the fridge like moving and when it tries to like eat her. Yeah. And then at the same time too, because her whole thing is she gets this letter in the mail that says like, hey. Or no, she gets the phone call saying, like, hey, we're going to give you something in the mail. Um, Just fill it out. You'll be on TV. Yeah. You never actually find out, like, what it's for. They no, never... it is. It's, it's to go on. Is that... it on yeah, Tappy it's thing? Yeah, it's for that Tappy uh, thing. And I thought, like, they never really said, like, it, what it's, it was that's for. The, it, I, I don't think they ever actually do, but it, that's, like, the implication. Yeah. It's, like, that that's what it's going to be. Like, you know, that's what her whole... The whole thing of like is that she's upset, and then like when she gets that phone call, then it becomes like really like a really bad obsession of yeah. like getting on there because then, then she's like dyeing her hair to look younger, and she wants to like lose weight to fit in like what seems like her wedding dress or oh like uh, no, her it's a red dress, dress that she was wearing for Harry's like graduation, and oh, like that yeah. was like the photo that she looks at where she personally feels like that was her like at her absolute best and like in that photo very beautiful mm-hmm. very very beautiful and absolutely like in your prime like she just looked gorgeous yeah and and you can understand like why she felt that way but i mean 
it's just such an like she just goes down such an unhealthy path. But you know her character because I guess I think that the way that we should do this episode is probably just to like kind of break down each character. Like yeah. well like first like part one Sarah like let's just talk about Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Um. So like I think that her character, she, you know, she is just so. I think that she just kind of was always at that point. Mm-hmm. Like, like she, all she really needed was With a little, little push. Nudge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then, like, and then she just goes off the deep end. And again, like, she's widowed, so she her husband is is no longer around. Her son is a drug a drug addict, which she, she doesn't, doesn't really know, know about. That. But he's just always gone. Like he's mm-hmm. leaving. And the opening shot is him like fucking like you know her her and him like getting this really big argument. He steals the TV to go sell that TV to get get a little bit of money to go buy drugs and yeah. you know and and she doesn't know what he's doing with that TV or why you know why or she does what he, what he's doing with it but she doesn't know like why he's doing it and that, and that it's all going to drugs but so she's just really alone and mm-hmm. and just you know that all she has is this fucking fucking infomercial that that she's just become like obsessed with mm-hmm. because because you know she has this fantasy of going on there and 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 being in that red dress and 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 her son being there with him and everybody just loving her like she's just she's really like ob- like just absorbed and and consumed by by being liked and by being seen yeah absolutely and it's so just sad to watch like all of her friends like supporting that yeah because they're like enabling this and it, it's just so like Oh, God. Uh, it's definitely <laughs> unhealthy. And then when she gets to the point where she gets the diet pills, and it's really shown too well where it's like the doctor is like, here, take these. Doesn't bye. even look at her. Mm-mm. Literally doesn't even look at Just her. Just gives her like, here's the new prescription. See you in a month. Yeah. Let me know how it is. It's crazy. And for some people, that's really the case where it's like, it's that easy to get it. Oh, yeah. And for her, like taking them. And then when Harry comes over and like sees her like, chattering her teeth yeah, yep. and notices that now it's like a drug addiction mm-hmm. and then her like just increasing the doses and like taking different ones at different times of the day and you slowly see like her mind deteriorate and something that I thought was incredibly well done was how they do it for the quick shots that I talked about mm-hmm. with taking the heroin yeah Arnofsky spliced it in of her taking the the pills and like doing stuff around the house with the heroin and then it cuts to like Harry and Tyrone. Yep. And I thought that was a perfect yet subtle bridge of like, this is how easy it is. You can just slip into this. And how parallel it is to this is, this is drug use, but this is also drug use. Yeah, exactly. You know, something that, um, I think, I don't remember who it was. I remember I was watching an interview with some hip hop artists and they were talking about how, you know, everyone's talking about you know the the gang the gang members going out and selling drugs but he's like the doctors are probably worse he's yeah. like you know like the, the pharmaceutical industry is this billion dollar industry and you know th- these doctors get kickbacks mm-hmm. from prescri- from making prescriptions for those drugs i don't know if you like were aware of that but i, I remember i on joe rogan's podcast he had somebody like on who was talking about it and doctors get paid to prescribe medicine they they literally Hmm. get a kickback to prescribe pills and stuff like that so that's why they are so quick on doing it and that's why i think it was it was just shown so well and so quickly 
and but it just it, you don't you don't need anything else. Yeah. Like he walks in, she's like, "Hey, I, you know, I want to lose some weight." He's like, "Here's some pills." And he again, he doesn't even look at her, mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't he does no physical examination, doesn't ask her about her mental health or anything. It's literally just, "Here, take some here, take these. These will help you." And then he walks out and doesn't even make eye contact. And it's in a form too where it's like it's showing the fisheye lens again like crept up in the corner with yeah. her. And she's hearing, like, banging, and, like, there's nothing there. Yeah. And obviously, like, if the doctor just turned around, she would see, like, she's not mentally healthy for Right. It. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's just done so well. Yeah. You know, so she has... Because she, her thing kind of starts off as, like, as like a mental thing and then also, like, an eating disorder. Like, mm-hmm. she she has an eating disorder going on. It seems on. like she doesn't eat at all when she's taking the pills. Right. Once, she, once she's taking her pills, she's not eating at all. But, like... Before she started taking, she definitely had like like there was something wrong there, you know, with yeah. like her like obsessing over over the food that she that she can eat and that she can't eat, and mm-hmm. and like the time just like not moving and you know all that and just like her just like basically just like staring at the fridge like just you know wanting it so badly like that's not healthy at all. Yeah. Um, and you know once once her drug problem is like at its all time high and and. And you get like more towards like the third and final act where she is pretty much just lost all sense of reality. Yeah. Um, that's probably my favorite like breakdown. I think because so. it's so just chaotic. Mm-hmm. I love chaos in movies. I do. And then when it's done like this, it's just the best. Especially like, too, like when she's on the train, like going to try and find like the people for the show. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm going to be on a TV show. Right, right. And just freaking out everyone. Yeah, and like when she's in her apartment and like the audience is there. Yes. And, then he, that, and then the guy comes out of the mm-hmm. TV and and it's just, it is absolute madness. The, friger, the refrigerator is just like jumping and, and it ends up growing like a mouth and stuff. And it it's just, it's crazy. It's, it's awesome. absolute fucking chaos. And then, yeah, I mean, it goes to a point where... You know, she goes to the studio mm-hmm. and she's like, why haven't you guys called me back? And they're, and you know, it's much more crazy than that. Yeah. But, you know, essentially, why haven't you guys called me back? And they're like, you know, if this stuff takes a lot of time. Like sometimes it can take up to like a year or whatever to get, you know, you're you to get that call back. And then they call the police and then they take her to a, a hospital. Mm-hmm. But it's not a hospital, like a typical hospital. It's it, more of like a psych it's ward. It's a mental hospital, yeah. yeah. And they, and they t- yeah, they take her to like a psych ward and, and they, you know, when they bring her in, there's like, okay, there's nothing physically wrong with her. Like, she doesn't need to go into like emergency, any type of like surgery. So they, they're like, she's, they just dismiss she's her. She's just crazy. So throw her in there. And then she ends up getting electroshock therapy. Well, even worse before that, it's like, hey, we can't find anything wrong with you. Just sign here. We'll try something different. Yeah. And it's that easy again to yeah. just be like, well, you signed on for electroshock therapy. Exactly. And then she gets the electroshock therapy. And then pretty much by the end of this film, she's borderline like a vegetable. Like it's yeah. pretty much just like she is just th- there. But she in her head, she's fine. She's fine. She's she's living that 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 you know fantasy of on that show. She sees Harry come up and he's got like the nice suit and tie. He's like a successful businessman. He's got his wife and all that. Like it's just so in a way, she actually in her reality is awful, but what's going on in her head and what she's actually seeing is actually kind of good. Yeah, because she sees at the very very end her on the TV show with Harry. And I think they showed Marion. I don't. I don't, I don't think. I don't think she was there. But it's implied that like they're together. Yeah. yeah. And they congratulate them on their new baby, and they hold each other, and then that's the end of the film. 
and it's like, wow, look at this beautiful ending in her mind. Yeah. But look at where she's at. Really? Yeah, exactly. So Harry's story, and I guess you can kind of do like... Uh, Harry and Marion together? Man. But we already kind of did Tyrone, too. Yeah, but we, I, I want to go a little bit deeper into Tyrone. But um, yeah, so let's just do Harry. So like Harry has... You know, again, him and Marion want to start that clothing company. Mm-hmm. Um, so trying to flip drugs to make a lot of money. And for a little while there, they're actually doing really well. Yeah, from like summer to fall, they were on it. Yeah. And then once winter hit, that just stopped Because everything. the drugs like weren't coming in anymore. So then th- they, they start getting more desperate, mm-hmm. right? And They're and, taking money out of their funds. Right. To, you know, just to live. Like just mm-hmm. to be able to like, you know, whatever. Just be able to survive, basically. And um, his... His story probably makes me the saddest at the end, I guess, because it gets to a point where, you know, him and him and um, Tyrone are like, yo, we need to fucking like go to Florida because that's like the only place where we can actually like get the drugs that we want Mm -hmm. to then bring back to New York and then. Or Long Island, right? I think it is, right? And that, which is technically New York, but eh. Yeah. It's close enough. Debate. Uh, you know, whatever, um, to, to then bring back and sell. And dude, when they're like driving there, you see the fucking arm, his arm and and just how like fucked up it is because of how, how much, you know, heroin he's just shooting into that one spot. And then that's the first time too, that you actually see the drug use like inserted. You never, you never see throughout the film them actually like pulling out the needle and tapping themselves off. It's always, it's always like after. And it's this first scene where you see him injecting it into that, that crazy fucking wound, fucking, man. Oh my it's god, it's so gross. <laughs> it's so nasty, and it's so well done because it's realistic. It's it, well, it's and realistic it's gritty, from both aspects, right? Because it's gross and like you know whatever, but it's also like Tyrone's reaction is like, dude, don't fucking shoot it in there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Nah, man, I got it. It's the only way I can like fucking feel it. Basically, yeah. it's just like. And Tyrone's like, man, I don't think you should really be doing that. <laughs> Tyrone's a lot better off when it comes to the drugs. Yeah, like, much, he doesn't seem like he takes it as often as yeah, Harry does. Yeah, exactly. And ironically, Harry's the one who tells him, like, yo, we can't be, like, using all this shit all the time. Like, yeah. we, we need to, like, make money. But then it, at the end of it, it's like, because, like, Tyrone's thing is, like, actually, like, trying to, like, he's tr- really trying to, like, make a shit ton of money here yeah. and, like, actually, like, not become, like, a junkie. When, you know, when you see him doing that little, uh, I don't yeah. know what you would call it. It's not really an interview, but he's like in the car mm-hmm. and and then the shootout happens and all that, like, which is fucking insane. Yeah. But, um, you know, like he's like, although he doesn't he's trying to he, level up. A yeah, little bit. he's trying to exactly like level up. And although that's not really like what he should be doing, nor is that like really, really probably what he really wants to be doing. It's kind of like his only escape yeah. of, you know, like no longer fucking like struggling for money. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, back to Harry. In my opinion, Harry's kind of the core reason as to what what happens to Marion. I because think so. He he leaves the number mm-hmm. t- to be able to call um, Big Tim. Big Tim. He is the one that encourages her to go sleep with her like psychiatrist mm-hmm. guy. Although he is jealous about it. Yeah. And in the beginning, he's like, "I don't want you sleeping with him." Right. And then once things get desperate, then it's like you got to do whatever it takes to get the money. Yeah. So and then. It's just so shitty because they don't even get it. 
No. Like the whole point was to like get like two grand to then go buy these drugs because there was like one last supply that mm-hmm. was like coming in and they don't even get it. So he, so she went out and like slept with that guy and you could tell just like how disgusted she felt with herself when yeah, she and, threw up. And, yeah, she throws up and she tells him like to shut the light off and he's like, why? And she's like, just please turn the light off. And he's like, you've never asked me to turn the light off before. And she's like, can you just fucking turn off the light, please? Like, please. And then you could just tell like, it's just so gross. Mm-hmm. Like, on how he like attacks her kind of and like starts kissing on her neck and she's just like not into it at yeah, all. She's and almost she's, crying. It's from just it. so fucking sad. Um, so yeah, in my opinion, like Harry is kind of like the one who kind of fucks up her life. Yeah. I mean, he does like, he tries at some points to be like, no, 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 we can't take this. Like yeah. we gotta, we gotta like save it. Yeah. But he gives into peer pressure so easily yeah. that it ends up destroying the lives around him because with him, he destroys his own life because at that point, at the very end, they have to amputate the arm. Oh. Yeah. Because he goes to the a, hospital. Yeah. And I liked how, like, they were kind of, like, parallel. Like, his mom was in the hospital, and then so was he at, like, the same exact time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the doctor sees the, his arm and realizes that this dude's, like, you know, a drug addict. So then the doctor goes and calls the police. Mm-hmm. And I like how the doctor fucking takes like, yeah, like all, all the morphine. Yeah, yeah, he takes that shit all out, all away. I don't know why you would have morphine right on the table though, as a doctor. <laughs> that seems very weird. Because um, anybody could just take that. Yeah, it's true. Um, and then you know, he, the police show up, and then him and Tyrone both get arrested. Yeah. And you have that really just heartbreaking scene of like him in jail, and he's talking to Marion, and he's telling her like, "I'm gonna come home tonight," mm-hmm. and you just know that he can't. He, he he's not going to. And there's like you know that she knows that he's not gonna be there either, mm-hmm. and that's why she makes that decision, in my opinion, to go do what she then does. Really, I think so. But man, that is a fucking crazy sex. Well, it le- yeah, no, yeah, that that leads into some dark shit. Yeah, I um, mean. With her, I don't know. Like, I don't know if that really, like, led to her going to Big Tim. I don't know. I feel like it did, in my opinion. Like, I feel like... Sh- they- Maybe, like, one last thing to do to get the heroin. Well, right. That's, like, the whole deal is, like, you know, she just... She, you know, because her whole thing is, like, oh, I'm not addicted. I'm not addicted. I don't need it. But then, like, she's, like, destroying the apartment, like, just looking for it. Mm-hmm. And then and then she ends up going to, to Big Tim's place. And, and you know, she she has sex with him. For mm-hmm. the for the first little bit, and then she tell he's like, you know, I'm having this like party on Sunday, and she's like, I I'm not really addicted to this stuff, and he's just like, I'll see you on Sunday. Yeah, like he knows, mm-hmm. and 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 she she's just like trying so hard to believe that like she's, she's not, not addicted and that she doesn't like need this shit, but she does like, and you know, in in at the end of the day, like she actually doesn't, and like although her life is like shitty, she's actually happy. Yeah, I in mean, my by, by the end of it, when, like, she curls up on the couch and she pulls out the big bag of heroin and she, like, holds She's smiling. It. Yeah, she feels like she kind of won. Right. And it's just terrible to see that that's, like, where she had to go to get there. Yeah, it's well, it's terrible to see that, like, that's how she feels, like, fulfilled. Yeah. You know, like, that's, like, where she feels that, you know, she's just happy that, like, she's able to now just have like that supply mm-hmm. whenever she needs it you know yeah. and that's just fucking sad yeah. but um yeah so harry it's so heartbreaking when he wakes up in the hospital and and he and he says her name and then the the nurse is like we'll call her like you know mm-hmm. we'll we'll, we'll, make, we'll make sure that she comes out and he's like she's not coming she's yeah. not going to come and 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 they're like no 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 like you know we'll, we'll reach out like you know we'll, we'll we'll find her and she'll reach out and he just knows that like that they're done yeah. like 
that's forever. And that's why, like, you see him crying at the end. With one arm. With one arm, yes. It's just, I don't know if it's like that, where it's like, if it's that bad, they have to amputate the arm. I don't know. I can't imagine that there's anything that you can really do. I mean, like, that thing looks fuck. so fucked. Yeah. Like, it was just black. Mm-hmm. Like, that thing looked... That it was, was going to n- fall off anyways. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was not, like... But you, the buzzsaw, like, to take it off? Yeah. Oh, man. Rough. Um, and then, you know, we kind of already kind of mentioned Marion's story a bit. So, like, you know, she ends up... I don't know if I would call her, like, a prostitute, but kind of. Like kind of. She, she's More getting, like she's getting paid. Side. Yeah, I don't know if it's an escort. Uh, because, like, dude, it it, go, it goes to a dark place. It does. And, 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 that, and it's not, that ju- it's not just for him. It's not just for oh, Big man. Tim. It's, that, I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I was not expecting that sex. No, I know. It goes, it goes real crazy. It, it goes zero to nine million yeah. <laughs> in exactly three seconds. Yeah, like, but it's crazy that, like, you know, you have, like, these business type men mm-hmm. all like in black suits like just throwing money and they're just like screaming like this is what they want them to do to one another and then they just do it because that's the only way that they're going to get their drugs it's just really um i don't know man it just really shows you like i guess the desperation and like what people are willing to do just to get their fix yeah and you know? she she doesn't she comes from like a wealthy family right it's said in the film yeah. so like she kind of is okay off with everything. Right. But this is kind of what she becomes dependent on, and this is what she thinks, like, is how she's going to make it herself Yeah. at this point. Yeah. And then, you know, Tyrone's ending is just so just, God, man, it really, that one really, like, hits me the most, I think, just because the whole aspect of, like, him just, like, thinking about his mom and, and, and how how proud he wants to make her. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 just how she, how he wants to, just you know, I I, I don't know. It's it's kind of like I don't. They don't. Do they ever say like, is she like dead? Like I, she, I would kind of assume the that way she that, is. Yeah, right. Like the way that it's kind of like brought up is just kind of like it seems like she's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know him just like really just thinking back to like his childhood and 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 being with her and say, you know saying things like you know like i'm going to be you know like i'm going to be someone one day or i'm going to be successful and stuff like that and and then where his life takes him where he's just in prison and mm-hmm. and and just churning butter it basically looks like at the end yeah and he's just you know he's in jail and then he's just like sleeping on a cot and and that's it like he's mm-hmm. his i don't know you know if you really think about like what's really going to happen in the future, it's like he would probably eventually get out of jail, I would imagine. Yeah. But what's next? What's for him? next? Right. Like it's he's just, probably the most well off out of everybody. Right. Like he can actually probably like sort of turn his life around. Mm-hmm. But because you got to think too, like being in jail, then that's detox for him for the small amount that he did do. It seemed yeah. like most of the time he was just like smoking pot. Yeah. So he should be okay. But like Harry is fucked. Marion is. Harry's fucked. real fucked. Mm-hmm. Sarah is like fucked fucked. Yeah. That whole family is just like gone. And I think the use of the song Requiem for a Dream yeah being used so frequently in this film really adds to it cuz it's a beautiful song. Yeah. And it adds to this chaos and like this film almost has like a grungy type feel to mm-hmm. it. Mhm. Like absolutely. Late, like late 90s grunge. Yeah. And I think it works really well for this film. Yeah, it's honestly like one of my favorite Arnofsky films. It's just one that you can't, it's just, man, it's, I remember the first time it's, that I watched this movie, like I was sweating. Yeah. Like 
it's just it's very disturbing 100 mm-hmm. percent. like and not disturbing in like a typical way like gore and like stuff like that it's really just it's visceral man like it doesn't hold back and it shows you like real like what it's really like to be you know addicted to heroin and and and, and what it can do to people and, and and shines light on like society and how we view them and and how quick the the pharmaceutical companies are and or the doctors and the, how quick they are to like you know just implement you on getting you addicted to fucking pills and pain pills and whatever it is like it's just it's crazy you know mm. like it's just it's just ugh, ugh. It's, it's a movie that is fantastic but you cannot watch this like too close back to back no this is like, not this a movie is, where this, hey, this, this is, is a movie <laughs> you gotta take like a year and a half off and yeah. then come back and watch yeah. it yeah and you appreciate it every time but it's just a movie that you cannot just throw on like hey guys we're all having a like everyone we're, we're all gonna get together and watch a rec room for a dream like <laughs> nope nope you're gonna ruin the mood mm-hmm. like the whole day is just everyone's well, gonna, depending on what type of crowd you got yeah i guess that's true like <laughs> yeah that's true um anything else frank no i mean it's just another for me it's just another solid arnofsky film you know mm-hmm. it's just he's just in my opinion one of the best directors out there right now and i'm really excited for what he's got going on in the future there's something that it's like I guess in like pre-production or whatever it is, but it's it's not titled or anything. But it it seems to be a um, like a courtroom type of film that that is dealing with AI. Mm-hmm. So like I don't know like there the plot is unknown, but it's basically like an AI project. So obviously something happened, and now like the AI is like getting you know like questioned or whatever, like inside like a courtroom or whatever it is. Like I'm very interested like to see like what he's gonna do with that. Just like that plot alone can be like really fucking cool. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I'm hoping that you know it's. I'm, I'm sure it will be. Um, it's annihilation mixed with AI. No, <laughs> annihilation is very different. Zach. Well, the the idea of like interviewing and like interrogating. Kinda, I guess, sorta. Yeah. That'll um, be cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited for just whatever he does in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so Zach, ask me if I have a recommendation. What do you got going on this week? You doing anything? <laughs> yeah, I got cheese a, stuff. Yeah, I got a recommendation. What is he? What you got? So I found, um, I found originally I found that on YouTube, but it's actually a full blown podcast, mm-hmm. um, and it's called. Is it Ear Biscuits? No. What is that? No. Uh, broke, <laughs> it's called Broken Record with uh, Rick Rubin, who okay. I'm not sure if you're like familiar with, but uh, Rick Rubin, and for the most part, it's Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell, okay. um, and it's just it's all about music. Like it's just, it's a podcast about all about music. Cause I'm not sure if you're like super familiar with Rick Rubin, but he's kind of like the shit. Mm -hmm. Like he's, he's, he's a producer and he's, his like discography is so strange because it's like, he, he like founded the beastie boys. Oh really? Yeah. And then also like, produced a bunch of work with like system of a down. And then he brought back like Johnny Cash's career, um, because Johnny Cash went through like, like Johnny Cash was, you know, like amazing. And then it kind of went through like a real like lull. Mm-hmm. And then there was kind of like a resurgence of Johnny Cash at the end. And that was all because of like Rick Rubin. So like, he's really like important in like the music industry. Um, and you know, they, he just does interviews with, with people, him and Malcolm Gladwell just do a bunch of interviews. You know, I, I was doing one, I, there was one with, um, Andre 3000 okay. with him and Rick Rubin just talking about just it, it like it's not just about the music like they talk about life and and you know all of that like it's I learned that like Andre 3000 it like suffers from like really really bad depression mm-hmm. and and they just went on like a 15 minute like dialogue about you know what it feels like to to be you know 
you know, super famous and, 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 you know, like everybody loves you and just how depressed you still feel and how lonely you still feel. And the bigger that you get, the lonelier you actually feel. And it, it just like, it goes like, you know, deep. Um, and it's just really, really interesting. You know, there, there was a point in which Rick Rubin and Malcolm Gladwell, what he was actually interviewing Rick Rubin and, uh, just talking about his career. Like, you know, what was it like to work with the Beastie Boys? What was it like to work with Johnny Cash? What was it like to do this and all mm. that? And it's just, it's just so interesting mm. to, to really listen to. So, I mean, I don't know if you're a music lover, there's probably an artist on there that, that they interviewed that, you know, it's just, it goes a lot more personal, you know, it's, it's mm. much more personal and, um, and it's a really, really cool podcast. I really like it a lot. And then normally, um, at the end, the the artist will usually like play a couple songs, so it's just, okay. it's really cool. It's just it's really really good. That's cool. Uh, yeah, so I've really been enjoying that a lot. Zach, what film are we doing next? Uh, Frank, pick a number between one and two. Oh God, between one and two? Yeah, one point five. All right, we're doing <laughs> Tax Collector. What is that? It's the Shia LaBeouf movie. It's on um Amazon. Oh right, where mm-hmm. he's like got the mustache. Yep. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay cool. I kind of wanted to see that. Yeah. It was either that or First Cow. I didn't want to see that. <laughs> I look, I like A24, but that movie just did not It looks seem, heartwarming. It, it, it does. And like, I guess there's a time and place for it, but... Uh, we'll wait till fall. <laughs> that's a fall movie for sure. <laughs> that's the, that's a cozy up with a warm sweater mm-hmm. and, and, and drink up. apple cider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So Tax Collector. Yep. All right. Check that out. Um, it's on Amazon. All right. Don't yell at me. I need to. (laughs) Uh, Zachary, take us out. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, juice by Tappy, juice by Tappy, juice for you, juice for you.